you to open your Bibles tonight to Acts chapter 5 for the next few moments. Acts 5. And um, Monica knows how I like that coffee made. A few of you do. Faith Highfield knows and Janique knows and, of course, my wife knows and Jenny knows and Victoria knows. Putting in my order tonight. Man, oh, the presence of the Lord is so great. It feels so good to be home, for real. We, we had a magnificent trip. Uh, we did a quick trip. We bounced out of here. We went to Jackson Hole, uh, Wyoming, and we went to the Grand Tetons National Park, and boy, they are grand, grand. It was magnificent. And um, are you done, Cody? Oh, you're done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, no, you can be done. You're, yeah, you're good. Don't you appreciate our worship team? Come on. Come on. Come on. Woo. We went places in God tonight. Amen. We went places in God tonight. Wow. Anyway, we went to the magnificent Grand Tetons. We went to Jackson Hole for, I don't know, we were out there five days, babe. Boom, boom. Five days and uh, 28 year, 28 year anniversary. Brent's amazing. So if you know my wife, you know that she's amazing. And she's amazing. No, she's amazing. My wife's amazing. And um, I praise God for our marriage and our love story. And it was just wonderful uh, to be there together. Uh, to turn 50 out there was, was a complete joy. Uh, it's magnificent. I really, um, I, I, I said in prayer um, a couple years ago, I, I don't remember what year it was, we were, let's see, we were, I think we were in Arizona, was it Horseshoe? It was Horseshoe, around, around Lake Powell, is that right? And I remember watching my wife just really getting touched by the Lord, I mean, it was a, it was a sacred moment. And I just kind of stood back, and I, she, she was weeping and just being hugged by the Father. It was a very special moment, very tender moment, and I just captured it on my phone. And, and, um, but just watch the Lord love her. It felt like that so many times for me personally, uh, being in Jackson Hole. I was just, just, just the love of God, love of God and the beauty of God and the, the majesty of God. And um, Wow. Let's go back into worship. <laughs> That's right. People, get ready. Jesus is coming. Thank you, Sandra. <laughs> we play that all the time. Crystal Lewis, you're welcome. Wherever you are, Crystal, shout out to you. Um, but I just felt the love of the Father in such an amazing way. And, um, but it's glad. Uh, it's good. It's good, and I'm glad to be back in the house tonight. Um, listen, here's, here's what I'm going to say. We're going to go to Acts 5 in the next few moments. I don't know how long I'm going to preach, and um, I know that I know there's celebration. I know there's cake. Oh, there's cake. Oh. Aren't you glad we're we're not on a fast tonight? Praise God. There is cake, and I hear there's magnificent cake. But I I want to tell you up front. I'm not in a hurry. Not in a hurry to get to cake or to celebration. All that. I really want to carry this word to fruition. But I also want to carry this word properly and right 
Um, this is a big word. Here she comes. Talk amongst yourself. This is a commercial break. Go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. Go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. Josiah doesn't have to edit this part out of the message when we put it online, too. <laughs> okay. Woo. That's hot. Wow. It's not lukewarm. Praise God. I'm not going to spit it out of my mouth. <laughs> it's hot. Here comes the preacher. <laughs> it's hot. My God. Here comes the bishop. Coffee's hot. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyhow, I want to carry this word. <laughs> I want to carry it properly. And um, it's, this is a strong word, this strong word. It, it's, uh, it's a weighty word. And so uh, tonight, I want to be faithful to carry a weighty word from the Lord. And I want to do it the most proper way. And, and when I do this, um, I need you to know up front, I'm not mad at anybody. Just smile at me right now. I, I'm not mad at, I promise you, I'm not mad at anybody. I'll tell you who I really am mad at. I'm mad at the devil. That's really who I'm mad at. And um, in fact, in fact, Miriam, uh, Miriam's just a, a dear, a dear widow in, in this church. Her and her husband, they've supported our ministry since the late 90s. And, of course, Bob's in heaven. And Miriam, I know she's watching online. We've got several watching online tonight that couldn't be here. Love you, Miriam. And uh, Miriam texted me before right, I was going into the prayer room. She said, go kick the devil's butt. <laughs> so much encouragement coming from the church to their pastor. Go kick the devil's butt. So we're going to name this message, Kicking Devil Butt. So... <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, but I just need you to know I'm, I'm not mad at anyone, but I am mad at the enemy. So I want to carry this word, want to release this word, and, um, and then we're going to do some other things tonight. And, of course, we're going to celebrate and enjoy. And thank you. I want to thank my wife and all of you that have, have been a part of putting together this celebration. And it feels so great to be 30. Praise God. So... Father, we thank you. <laughs> Father, we thank you for just, man, your presence is so awesome. So awesome in the house, Lord. It's refreshing in, in every way. And Lord, I just, I just exalt you tonight and pray that this word would carry and it would literally lift and strengthen and nourish the body of Christ tonight. All of those online, those even across America, I have no idea who would be watching tonight, Lord. If you lift them and you strengthen the army of God tonight. Strengthen the army of God. Pray that with me, church, right now. Strengthen the army of God. Pray it one more time. Strengthen the army of God. Use this word, Lord, and bring life. In Jesus' name. I'm in Acts chapter 5 tonight. I'm going to be reading actually the entirety of this front passage before we make our way to the book of Exodus. And I'm going to preach my way to the book of Exodus. And then I'm going to preach every chapter of it and we'll be done by midnight. But we're going to start in Acts 5. 
And I'm reading out of the Passion tonight, which is different. Normally, my primary text always is, is out of the New King James Version. That's what I study. It's what I read every single day. Uh, but then I, I enjoy the New Living Translation, um, New American Standard. I love the Amplified. But tonight, I chose purposely because of some wording to read out of the Passion. So stay with me tonight. Are you with me? Are we there? Guys, do we have the scriptures? Let's go. Let's go. I'm in Acts 5:17. The high priest and the his officials who formed the party of the Sadducees became extremely jealous over all that was happening and so they had the apostles arrested. Go ahead and give me a little bit more volume. They had the apostles arrested, placed in chains and thrown in jail. But during the night, the Lord sent an angel who appeared before them. <laughs> he supernaturally opened the prison doors and brought the apostles outside. Go, the angel told them, stand in the temple courts and preach the words that bring life. Woo! Say it with me tonight. Stand in the temple courts and preach the words that bring life life. So early that morning, they entered the temple courts and taught the people and the high priests and the officials unaware of their supernatural release from prison convened the members of the Supreme Council. And they sent for the apostles to be brought to them from prison. But when the officers came to the prison cell, it was empty. And they returned to the council and informed them we found the jail securely locked and the guards standing by their cell. But when we opened the door, there was no one inside. And when the captain of the temple guard and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed. Oh, I bet they were. And at the loss, and at a loss over what to make of it, and someone came and informed them, the men you put in prison are out there standing in the temple courts teaching the people. Notice that. Those guys that got arrested were not running and hiding behind closed doors. They were out in the open now preaching and teaching. That's our tribe. That's my family. That's your family. And so the captain of the temple guard and his, his officers went to arrest them once again. I find that very funny. They had to go arrest them once again. Can you imagine being those guards? Like, what in the world is going on? What is going on here? I thought we were good at our job. How are these guys out here again? Okay. Are you with me? Y'all with me? Okay. But without using force, for they were afraid the people would stone them. I like that. And when they brought them before the council, the high priest demanded an explanation saying, didn't we strictly warn you that you were to never again teach in this name, but instead you have now filled all of Jerusalem with this doctrine and are, committing, are committed to holding us responsible for this man's death. Verse 29, Peter and the apostles replied, we must listen to and obey God more than pleasing religious leaders. Woo! 
You had Jesus arrested and killed by crucifixion. But God, but the God of our forefathers has raised him up. You know, I have a feeling that they were pronouncing this very boldly and maybe using a finger. Hello. The right finger, by the way. The right finger. (laughs) You had Jesus crucified and killed by crucifixion, but the God of our fathers, he's raised him up. He's the one that God has exalted and seated at the right hand as our Savior and champion. He is the provider of grace as the Redeemer of Israel. Ooh, that's so good. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God freely gives to all who believe in him. Wow. Read on with me. And when they heard this, they were infuriated, and they were determined to murder them. A religious spirit, ladies and gentlemen, is a murderous spirit. Hello. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a noted religious professor who was highly respected by all, he stood up, and he he gave orders to send the apostles outside. And then he said to the council, men of Israel... You need to be very careful how you deal with these men. Some time ago, there was a man named Thaddeus who arose claiming to be somebody, and he had a following of about 400 men. But when he was killed, all of his followers were scattered, and nothing came of it. And after him, in the days of the census, another man rose up, Judas the Galilean who got people to follow him in a revolt. He too perished, and all who followed him, they were scattered. Verse 38, and so in this situation, you should just leave these men to themselves, for if this plan or undertaking originates with men, it will fade away. It will come to nothing. Verse 39, watch this. But if this is a movement of God, If this movement is of God, you won't be able to stop it. You might discover you are fighting God all along. Gamaliel's words convinced the council, and so they brought the apostles back in. Are you still with me? Verse 40, stay with me. So they brought the apostles back in, had them severely beaten. And they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus. And then they let them go. Verse 41. The apostles left there rejoicing, thrilled that God had considered them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And nothing stopped them. Oh, and nothing stopped them. They were unstoppable, and they were unquenchable. They were unstoppable, and they were unquenchable. Read the next verse with me. They kept preaching every day in the temple courts and went from house to house preaching the gospel of Jesus, God's anointed one. Wow. Tonight, I do not want to speak to us as... A, gen- uh, a general audience. I want to speak to you as the army of God. 
we are in a most sobering hour. We are at a time that the Apostle Paul wrote Timothy about. You're in a dark time. You need to know the times that you're going into. They're going to be perilous. The times of the last days will be perilous. It means they will be very dangerous. They will be dark. They will be very challenging. They will be risky. But the army of God needs to know that we are moving into the most victorious, overcoming, and triumphant times and the demonstration of authority and power of the Holy Spirit through the church, the true church, the real church, the church that's not sleeping through history right now, but the church that Jesus Christ is building saying, I'll build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever, whatever, whatever you bind on earth, it's already bound in heaven. Whatever you loose in the earth, it's already loosed in the heaven. So use your keys of authority and activate it. Use your power. Use the authority I've given you. And amazingly, you and I are in the earth right now together. And amazingly, the reason that you and I are together is because God has a powerful assignment for our lives. It's the only reason that you are connected to me. It's the only reason I'm really connected to you. We have a powerful destiny and an assignment, a mission to accomplish in the last days. And though there is great shaking and peril and darkness, this is a time of the greatest hour of overcoming for the church where faith will be turned into pure fire and we will demonstrate the glory of God. I want to ask you tonight, are you going to obey God or men? My message to you tonight, are you going to obey God or are you going to obey men? In the New King James, Peter says it this way. It says, we ought to obey God rather than men. Let the church say amen. <sighs> this is the crossroads of every believer right now, what I'm talking about. I want to make this point. When Peter and the apostles stood up and told them, look here, this is what you have done. And if you think that we're going to obey you over God, you've got another thing coming. When they did that, it was not a haughty spirit. It was not a rebellious spirit. It was not some John Wayne uh, you know, throw my chest out. You ain't going to boss me around. It was not a haughty spirit. What the apostles were doing, they were moving under an assignment and an instruction and a commission from a holy angel that came to them. A holy angel of God was released to them, gave them an assignment, and they went forward on that instruction. And then when they stood before those Sadducees and that, that council, they were not in rebellion. They were not haughty. They were moving in obedience. They were moving under a consecration to the Lord Jesus Christ as servants of the Most High God. We're going to fulfill our mission and our assignment. 
and we're not going to compromise it. And I need you to see that tonight. Here's, here, you may have never been threatened because of the gospel. You may have never been locked in chains for the gospel. You may have never went to jail yet for the gospel. But here's the crux of it. And I've got to ask you tonight, are you going to obey God or are you going to obey men? That crossroads, you need to settle that in your spirit. you you got to settle that in your heart. Are you going to fear man or are you going to fear God? Tragically, many, many, many are surrendering to the fear of man. We cannot do that, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to say to you, Debbie, I'm so thankful for two weeks ago when you, when you stood in prayer over us and said we're not to pray and decree anything out of fear. We need to be moving in faith. That was a powerful moment. Powerful moment. I know that, listen, I know what I'm about to say could be taken so whatever. It's a strong word. But I need you to stay with me. If you are a coward, God cannot use you. I need you to stay with me because I'm not up here again, John Wayne, and pushing my chest out because I'm well, I'm well acquainted with what it means to be a coward. You may be surprised by that. But I want to tell you right now, if you're a coward, God cannot use you in this hour. That is why he gave the Holy Spirit so that you would be endued with power from on high. So that you would be transformed into another man. Transformed into another woman. You are not just selectively put into the box of your personality. You may think whatever about your personality or my personality. It's not about personality. It's about the anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes on a man or a woman and fills them, infuses them, fills them with power from on high so that they're changed, so that they can communicate with boldness effectiveness, clarity, power. It's the Holy Spirit. Amazingly, in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8, put it in your notes tonight. Amazingly, it says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death Wow, the cowardly, the cowardly. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 in verse 8, he said, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Say witnesses with me tonight. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. The word witness is literally the word in Greek. It's the word martyr. When Jesus said this, this was intense. This was intense. They knew what he was saying. Jesus said, pick up your cross and what? And follow me. You have to die daily. Pick up your cross and follow me. He said, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be my martyrs. And it's going to begin in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and through all the ends of the earth. And really from Jerusalem, this is the ends of the earth. 
And the gospel got to us. And glory to God, it did. Now, again, lest you think I cannot relate to being cowardly, and I'm boastful up here. <laughs> Some of you remember this story. I, <laughs> I was 17. I was called into the ministry when I was 13. But I was 17. I graduated high school. Me and my best friend at the time, we were heading off to Southeastern Bible College in Lakeland, Florida, where I met my unbelievable, fabulous wife on the front row. <laughs> Anyhow, I digress. So, but our pastor had asked me and Mario to preach. And some of you may remember this story. I, I literally lied to my pastor and told him that I was sick, I had a stomach virus, you know, some, you know, he knew, he, he knew I was lying. He knew I was being cowardly. I mean, it's just totally embarrassed to, to tell the story, but I have to tell it. It's important to just be transparent. I knew I was called to preach, but I was afraid literally to get up in front of people. That may shock you. Ah! <laughs> that may shock you. I, I was terrified to get up in front of people. Take a microphone and talk? Are, are you kidding me? I mean, back in, at that time, I could sit behind a drum set in front of 10,000 people and not sweat one bit. And I loved it. But to take a microphone and speak, I was terrified. I was cowardly. I was cowardly. I told my pastor, oh, man, I'm sick. <laughs> he had grace on me. But I want to tell you, folks, oh, what a change the Holy Spirit has made in me. Oh, he's made the change. He set a fire in me. That fire that you were singing about tonight, Sandra, he set a fire in me. It transformed me into another man. Oh, the fire of the Lord will transform you into another man and another woman. God will literally put you on, and you will be transformed from the inside out. You will be able to do things you never dreamed you could do because of the anointing and the fire of the Holy Ghost. So I say to you tonight, we are at a big crossroads in the United States of America. We are at an epic crossroads. And here's the crossroads. Are we, are we going to fear God or are we going to fear man? Tragically, fear man. If Dietrich Bonhoeffer were here tonight. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a powerful German pastor, German prophet. Many of you are familiar with him. You've read the book Bonhoeffer, so have I. You've read Eric Metaxas, an open letter to the American church, so have I. Powerful book. Thank you, Mark and Kathy. Thank you for that gift. If Dietrich Bonhoeffer were here tonight, he would probably tell you about some of his story that in his young life, in just his late 30s during World War II, when he, when he openly opposed Adolf Hitler, the Third Reich, the SS Gestapo, his life was, he was being hunted down like a criminal. And all he was was a preacher, a pastor of the good news of Jesus Christ. He was being hunted down like a criminal. He was a pastor. Are you with me? 
If he was here, he would tell you. He would tell you about the story that he endured, him and his friends running for their lives. But the story goes on, and it tells us that Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was captured, he was imprisoned. And then later, he was stripped to the nude, and he was hung by the Nazis. Let me tell you what he would say to us tonight. He would warn the American church. Hear me, friend. Hear me. He would warn the American church about our compromise and our silence. And he would tell us, it is time for you to awaken and arise now. Now. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was the one who said, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Not to act is to act. Not to speak is to speak. Powerful, powerful words and reminders. The church right now in America must be reminded of the danger. The danger of being manipulated freshly and duped and lulled to sleep in 2023. Sobering hour. Eric Metaxas, in the open letter to the American church, and if you've not gotten the book, you should get the book and you should read it immediately. This is what he said. He said, there were 18,000 Lutheran pastors in Germany when World War II began. World War II. We're talking 1939 to 1945. Seven short years. In seven, ladies and gentlemen, in seven short years, Years, somewhere between 70 to 85 million people on the face of the earth died in World War II. In seven short years, at that time, historians tell us that the population on the earth was only 2.3 billion people. We're almost to 8 billion right now. But in World War II, between 70 to 85 million people died in just seven quick years. At that time, this is what he said. He said, in Germany, there were 18 Lutheran pastors when World War II began. 3,000 of them were pro-Nazis. Let me give you another word for that. They were woke. <laughs> 3,000 of them were pro-Nazi. They were woke. And then he goes on, and he said 3,000 of them were rock-solid, bold, and courageous, standing against Hitler. That would have been our tribe. That would have been our tribe. Hello. But then he says, and I quote, Eric Metaxas says, but the, the mushy middle, <laughs> the mushy middle, some 12,000 pastors said, let us be silent. We don't want to be political. We will just be silent and everything will be okay. But the facts are this. Everything wasn't okay. And the facts are this. They were wrong. They were wrong. 12,000 pastors, leaders in Germany, they were wrong. And 6 million Jewish people, their blood is on their hands. So meanwhile in America right now, we have a lot of compromised vessels. 
Meanwhile, in 2023, in the United States of America, we have a lot of compromised vessels, woke leaders, woke pastors. I'm going to put that in quotes. Woke shepherds. We have three groups. We've got, number one, the woke. Number two, we've got the bold and the biblical. That's our tribe. Aren't you glad? That's our tribe. Come on. And then we got, we've got the third type of leaders that <laughs> they just want to be quiet and claim that they're just on the evangelistic mission and they don't want to be involved in anything political. I want to ask you, are you going to obey God or are you going to obey men? Woke pastors. You want a 2023 example? Woke pastors. Brent knows I've been saying this for over a dozen years. Andy Stanley loved his dad, Charles Stanley, faithful man of God, faithful, mighty man of God. Andy Stanley pastors a mega church, Atlanta, North Point Community Church. You can Google it right now, North Point Community Church, Andy Stanley. Thousands of people, thousands of children, thousands of young people. They flock to his sterile, no anointing, dead church, like his books, pitiful. Oh, my God, Brian. I've been saying this for over a dozen years. And now here he is. You, you can, I'm telling you what a woke pastor is, folks. You can get on their website right now for their family upcoming conference that people are registering for this September called Unconditional. The family conference, Unconditional. And two of the main speakers are married, gay, homosexual men. Two of the main speakers of the family conference are gay, married men. Where are we at? I mean, I mean, where are we at? What are we doing? What are, what are we showing the world? Why is there so much mixture and compromise? Why can't we separate ourselves from the world? Why can't we come out from the world and touch not the unclean? Why? Why? I'm going to ask you tonight, are you going to obey God or are you going to obey man? Are you going to follow God or are you going to follow a corrupt, perverted culture? Are you going to honor God's unchanging word? Are you going to try to change this word to fit your sinful narrative? Are you going to hold the standard? Are you going to be a standard bearer? Are you, are you Googling that right now, Sandra? Yeah, she's on there. It's okay. Go ahead. Go right ahead. You have my blessing. Now, not everybody do that, please, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Are you going to be a standard bearer? Or let me ask you flat out, are you going to go down like the masses? See, I don't know what this does to you. When I, when I talk to you like this, I don't know what it does to you because I got a fire that's in my bones. I'm telling you, I got a fire in my bones. And you know what I think about? I think about, man, when I'm worshiping in this church, Archer, and your kids are around me with flags and they're before God, when I think of that church up there in Atlanta, they're just one church, and there's thousands of little children that are being led astray. Yeah. 
there's thousands of young people, teenagers, being led astray. And it's a fire in my bones. I'm fed up with it. I'm tired of the compromise in the church. As for us, as for us as a tribe, as for us as a people, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And as for me and my house, we're going to fear the Lord God Almighty. And we're not going to comply to the spirit of this age. We're not going to do it. We're not bowing down to that. When we get our property, there's never going to be rainbow flags hanging on our property. There's never going to be Black Lives Matters flags on our property. Oh, my Lord. That's right. That's how, how I feel. See, when the government demands you, listen, my friends, I'm talking to you like an army tonight, not a general audience. When the government tells you, you need to call that little boy a girl now. You just need to tell him, I'm not complying. When they tell you, no, you have to call that little boy a girl now, you need to tell him, I'm not complying to that. I'm not, I'm not playing your game. I'm not playing your game. I'm not going by your rules. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say what you want me to say like a parent. I, I'm not going to take the left's mantra and just... You know, just go along to get along. And, and you know what? I mean, you know that this was the freest and fairest election of all time in 2020. You all know that the basement dweller of Joe Biden had over 81 million votes. And you just need to say it. And you just need to be okay with it. And you just need to move on. Moveon.com. Moveon.org. Moveon.net. Just move on. Well, I'm not playing the game. But I'm going to tell you, when you don't play the game, you need to understand the consequences of not playing the game. And if you need a greater example, you need to look to Atlanta once again and understand what's going on with President Trump. And you need to understand that what's going on with President Trump. Excuse me, Debbie. I stepped on your toes. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, I'm called to do that. I'm called to step on your toes. Sorry about that. Sorry. You need to understand that what's going on with President Trump is not about President Trump. It's about every one of the citizens of the United States of America. You need to know right now, it's about every, my God, it's about every citizen of the United States. They are trying to steal your freedom. And I'm not going to comply to it, and I'm not going to bow down to it, and you better not either. You better not either. This is not about Trump, folks. This is about literally the future generation. The sons and daughters of the United States of America. What is going to happen? What is the generation going to look like for Jonas and little Nora and their friends? What's it going to look like? Oh, my God. The majority of the church got really silent quickly during COVID. Did you notice that? I'm going to say it again. The majority of the church got very quiet very quickly during COVID. But the good news is, is that the real remnant church 
found their voice. And they found their fire. And they found their roar. And they found their convictions. They found their convictions. They, they found their standards and said, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not playing the game. And we're still not playing the game. There's more to come, ladies and gentlemen. And I've been saying it for a long time. The 2020 COVID insanity was the outer bands of the storm that's coming. There's another storm coming. And when it gets here, you need to know. You, ha- you need to have the resolve. You need to have it in your DNA. I'm obeying God, not man. I'm fearing God, not man. And I'm not, co- not going to comply to this. So the solution is like the apostles because they were saying, I'm not backing down. They were unstoppable. They were unquenchable. They did not go into hiding. This story is utterly fascinating that an angel comes to them and says, get back out right there where you had the worst trouble. You know what got you in here? Go back out there and do that again. Oh, What an instruction. (laughs) What an instruction. You know what got you in trouble? Yeah, yeah. Go back out there and do it again. (sighs) Those apostles, (laughs) those grace preachers, those, those meek, those meek apostles. They didn't want to offend anybody. They obeyed an instruction from an angel that broke them out of prison. And this is what he said. Go back to the place of your opposition. What did he say next? He says, go and tell them the words of life. Acts 5, let's look at it one more time. Verse 20. Go, the angel told them. Stand in the temple courts. Preach the words that bring life. And so early in the morning... They entered the temple courts, and they taught the people. Now, I love that. You might want to underline something. Are you ready for it? So early in the morning, that means <laughs> they did not delay. That means, are you with me? That means they did not procrastinate. Are you with me, woman? <laughs> that, that means, guys are down here talking. I, that's it. Your tithe's going up to 50%. <laughs> Jesus. Stay with me. <laughs> Early in the morning. That means they didn't delay. That, that means they didn't go, I know what the angel said, but let's go on a three-day fast and really consider what he said. Let, let's, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's not, it's not setting well with me. I, I'm not really feeling it. I'm not really feeling it. I'm not really feeling it. I I know what the angel said, but I'm not really feeling it. They didn't procrastinate. They didn't delay. They got up early in the morning, and they went right back to their assignment and their call. And they said, oh, no, no, we're doing this. Are you hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying to you right now? Oh, no. Oh, no. You're doing this. And there's no retreat. There's no backing up. I'm telling you, I'm preaching this to myself, too. Because it's time we're going to have to rise up and say, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not playing your game. I'm going to speak the words of life. I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to be a speaker of truth. I'm going to speak the truth in love. And we're doing this. 
We are free men and women. We are free. I mean, I, I want to remind us who we are. This, this is not communist China. This is America. This is America, ladies and gentlemen. This is America. This is not communist China. We are free men and free women of God. We are blessed. And woe to us if we ever turn over our freedoms and our liberties. Especially to the God-haters and the God-mockers. So, when they say it's time to mask up again, I'm not going to comply. And when they say, when they say, it's time to go, you have, we're demanding you. You're going to get that vaccine. No, we're not going to comply. We're not doing it. When they say, you're not allowed to shop here, I'm going to say, fine. See ya. I want you to go to Exodus chapter 1 quickly. Quickly. You know why? Because there's cake. Glory to God. <laughs> Did you feel that? Did you feel the anointing on that? There's cake. There's cake in the house. Glory to God. Did you feel that, Glenn? <laughs> I can't believe I'm preaching like this tonight. Talk amongst yourselves. I need more coffee. So this is powerful. This is powerful. You ready? Exodus chapter 1. <laughs> Exodus chapter 1. Let's begin to read in verse 8. Now there arose a king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. So he didn't know the story. I want to pause there. And you're like, oh, my gosh, you just read one verse and you got to pause. I have to. You know why? You know why? Because this is important. It's important when people forget the history. And here's the history. The man who had the anointing on him was Joseph. And Joseph, he saved Egypt. He saved them from famine. Remember that? What's going to happen, king? What's going to happen? There's going to be seven years of plenty. Are you tracking with me? And then there's coming seven years of famine, and you've got to get ready and get prepared. Are you tracking? So a pharaoh rose up. He forgot. He didn't know. He didn't know the story. Stay with me. Verse 9, and he said to the people, look, the people of the children of Israel, they're more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happened in an event of war that they should also join our enemies and fight against us. And so go up out of this land. Oh, a little fear there. And therefore set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built the Pharaoh's supply cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more that they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Ooh, isn't that something? Keep reading. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with, vic with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and brick and all the manner of the service in the field, all their service in which they had made them serve was with rigor. Verse 15. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives of whom the name was Shifra and the other names was Pua. Don't you like that? Pua. Do we have any Puas in the house tonight? I didn't think so. 
And he said, when you do the duties of the midwife for the Hebrew women, watch this, and see them at their birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, you shall let her live. But the midwives feared God. Underline that, underscore that, highlight that, circle it in your Bible. The midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded, but saved the male children alive. You know what they were saying? We're not going to comply. Oh, that's what the midwife said. We're, we're not complying. Now, here's where, here's where the rubber meets the road. Are you ready? Like the midwives, and I, this is going to be hard for some of you. Your disobedience and your noncompliance is going to be needed to release life into the next generation. Put your thinking cap on. Your noncompliance, your purposeful disobedience. See, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what that does to you. Because how do you deal with that as a Christian when those are in charge and authorities over you are telling you to do something that you know is against God? Are you going to obey God or are you going to obey man? The Word of God says that they feared the Lord. They feared God. I love how that's worded. They feared God and they did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them. When the culture wants to cancel Christianity, ladies and gentlemen, we're not to comply. When they want to cancel the church, listen, listen, you think it's over? It's not. It's not. When they want to cancel the church, when they want to tell us once again, you're not essential. When they tell us to mask up, when they tell us it's time to vaccine up, when they tell us you're not essential, listen, ladies and gentlemen. We're not to comply to this. We're not to bow down to this. They want to rob and steal our freedom. We cannot let them do this. Let's just take it a step further. When the government demands that you accommodate sin, and you're going to go the way of the agenda, the sinful, sinister agenda, you know what you have to say. I'm not complying to that because there's going to be many, many churches that are going to go the way of the masses. They're going to do their Andy Stanley church and their garbage and their seeker-sensitive crap. Crap in the Greek means you got it. They're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep rolling it out. They're going to keep doing it. We're not going that way. We're not going that way, ladies and gentlemen. We're not complying to this. And the bar is going to be raised on the church. And we're going to find out. The Lord is going to find out if there's going to be faith in the earth when he comes. He's going to find out who his real people are. I'm going to say that again. He's going to find out who is real. He, he already knows. But we're going to find out who the real people are. You know, there's a church. I'm about to close in the next few minutes. I need five more minutes. There's a church right now in San Jose, California, Pastor Mike McClure. 
They were fined during the lockdowns $1.2 million. San Jose, look it up. Pastor Mike McClure, this was on the front, front page of Fox News, and I only went to Fox News, garbage. I went to Fox News just to check on my president and see what, what was happening. I'm talking about President Trump, sorry. For those of you that were confused. <laughs> uh, trying, to, trying, to help, trying to help you. They were fined for $1.2 million during the lockdown. You know why? Because they said, we will not comply and we're going to gather and worship. We're going to gather and worship and preach the word of God. And here's, here's what we found out here recently. Their people were actually being spied upon by Governor Gavin Newsom. And they were being spied upon by the law enforcement agency of the state of California. And they were doing it through geofencing. And geofencing is when they, they track your cell phone to know exactly where you're at. And so they found out who were the members of the church. Ah, yeah, Amos and Liz Glick. Ah, yeah. Let's, let's find out where they're at on Saturday nights. Well, that's what they did. Geofencing. They, they tracked the cell phones. They were tracking. They were, listen, this is in America. Hello. I'm not talking about China. I'm not talking about Russia. China. I said that like Trump. That was awesome. I'm, I, I'm not talking about China. I'm not talking about China, China. Everything's China, 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 China. Okay, here we go. I'm talking about, I don't know what's happening. It's in the coffee. Monica, what did you do? <laughs> this was America, ladies and gentlemen. Geofencing. They're tracking and spying on Americans. Why? Because they're terrorists? Because they crossed the border illegally? No, because, because they were attending church. That's, that's freaky. That's, it's freaky. Where are we at, ladies and gentlemen? And then we have a stupid, superficial, shallow debate and want to talk about UFOs. Okay, anyway, that's going to go over like a... Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, it wasn't that funny. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You know, <laughs> when they try to force us to tell their lies, you, you need to get it in your spirit. I'm not going to play your game. You better settle it. You better settle it. A mentor in our lives, he, used to, he, he wrote this silly little poem, and it stayed with us. And he would say, they're playing a game. They're playing a game. If I tell them that they're playing a game, I shall be penalized. Therefore, I must go on playing a game of not knowing that they're playing a game. <laughs> want me to say that again for you? you want, anybody taking notes? Are, did you write that down, Jenny? Yes. They're playing a game. They're playing a game. Okay, you got it. Yep. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. This is what he said. I love my country, and I will give everything to it except one thing, my conscience. 
that belongs to the kingdom of God. And when they clash, listen to what he said, and when they clash, my conscience will only bow to the kingdom of God. I love my country, and I will give everything to it except one thing, my conscience. And when the two clash, my conscience will only bow to the kingdom of God. And I ask you tonight, my friend, are you going to serve God? Are you going to fear God? Are you going to obey God? Are you going to fear and obey man? And you know what the answer must be. I want to pray for us. Take a hand. I want to pray for us. Holy Spirit, prepare the army of God for the days ahead. Prepare us, Lord. Make us ready. Make us sober. Make us alert. Make us fierce. Make us watchmen. Rock solid. Lord, anchor us. Anchor us in your presence. Anchor us in your holy word. That we will not be shaken and we will not be moved. Though the hour is dark and perilous. Lord, we will be anchored in your word. And Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we will not compromise. We will not budge. We shall not give in. And Lord, we speak freedom and liberty to the United States of America. And that by the, the everlasting mercies of God, America shall be saved. Through this hellish storm, Lord, you will ultimately save this nation and bring this nation back home to you. And Lord, you are empowering and lifting and nourishing the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will find us worthy in this hour. Thank you, God. Strengthen the bride. Strengthen the bride in Jesus' name. I pray that we would be the people that will go right back into trouble and we're going to have words of life. And we're just going to keep saying it. The Lord is mighty to heal. The Lord is mighty to save. The Lord is mighty to deliver. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's the answer. He's the answer for America. And here's another word. Jesus is coming. People get ready. Because soon we're, we're going to be going home. People get ready. I want to tell you tonight, friend, this is the truth. This is not some little slogan. The future does not belong to the God haters. The future does not belong to the God mockers. The future belongs to the righteous. And the righteous are bold as lions.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Ushers, I want you to come quickly. Let's receive a $10 million offering tonight. Praise God. Let's do it. Let's buy that new campus. Come on. If you need an offering envelope, lift your hand high. We want to serve you ushers quickly. If you need an offering envelope, lift your hand high. You can open your app right now. You can go directly to victoryfla.com. You can give safely and securely. Thank you so much for your faithfulness of giving. Thank you so much. Bren's going to bring some announcements. We're going to receive the offering, and then we're, we're going to go celebrate tonight. It's going to be good. Amen. Did I say that there's cake? Did I, did I say anything yet? <laughs> Did I say, Kevin, did I say anything about cake? You, you heard me mention it. Okay, Brent, it's all yours. All right, I think he's excited. <laughs> Do you think he needs more sugar, though? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Going away with you for five days is what happens. Come on. <laughs> Oh, sugar, ba da ba da ba ba. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, so. <laughs> anyway, turning the page. Announcements. We're trying. I'm trying. Announcements, offering. <clears throat> All right, we got some exciting things going on in September. Um, bam, bam, bam. We've got our night of worship. September 9th, we also have September 16th, the next week, Russ and Kim Klein, and then we have a Victory's six-year anniversary on September 23rd. Praise the Lord, church. It's going to be a great, a wonderful, wonderful month. We're believing for good things in September, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah, and we are. We just want to encourage you to continue to pray for our team as well that's going to Israel, September 3rd through the 16th. Yes. Um, we'll be praying over that next week, and um, we'll be back. We fly in early on the 16th that morning. We'll be flying in, driving across from Miami back home. Um, we plan to be in the services that night, so pray we get some sleep in between a little bit. That would be nice. Um, so just remember those dates and we encourage you to be here. Also just want to give you a couple, um, things about our children's ministry. We've got our truth trackers Bible club that's starting back up. It's starting September 30th. So you can register your kids for that. Please register by the 23rd, the week before, so that we can make sure that we have all the kids books ready for them that Saturday night on the 30th. So please, you can go online to our app and register there. I think they do have forms in the children's rooms, but you can register on our app and online. I know there's a QR code up there as well. Um, also, our Victories Co-op. This is our first year that um, Victory is having a co-op for Come on, praise the Lord. homeschool kids. I'm telling you, this is big. This is big. Yeah. And, and Bren, Bren and some of the women of our church, I'm telling you, She's the spearhead, and this is going to be powerful for our children. Yeah, it is. And this year we're calling it Discovering America's God-Given Freedom. 
So this was a great plug. Thank you, Brian, for that wonderful word for for this. But um, the co-op is starting Friday. It's every Friday throughout the school year. Starts Friday, September 22nd. So we are asking, again, that you please register at least a week early by September 17th so that we can um, just get all the paperwork done and be ready for your kids when they when they um, when they get there and you as well so that again that's our victory homeschool co-op we're very excited about that so yes there is registration online for that as well and a QR code as well so um, that will be wonderful so and then um, last I guess last but not least uh, we have a big birthday that we are going to be celebrating tonight for Pastor Brian. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, there's, we're going to have, how we're going to do this tonight, there is, we have put the cake in the foyer, one of the cakes at least, that um, right after service. There's, there's more than one cake? There is. <laughs> Let the church say amen. There's more than one cake. We're feeding a lot of people. What's going so. on in this church? <laughs> We're not fasting. That's what's going on. <laughs> not tonight. So, um, but Brian, after we dismiss, please let just Brian slip out real quick so that he can cut the first piece. And, um, yeah, we can we can all enjoy that. We want you all to feel very welcome to enjoy a piece of cake. And then there are tables in our Family Life Center, which is over um, to the right outside the foyer. And I believe they did put a few tables out in the courtyard as well for families and so kids can play as too. So um, refreshments are in the Family Life Center as well. So we just want to invite you to um, be a part of that and to celebrate with us and over over Brian. He's turning the big 5-0, if you haven't heard. So um, that's really good. And I just wanted to share a couple scriptures tonight. Um, just with this in honoring Brian. And the first one is 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. And I'm going to cry. <laughs> it says, we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them <laughs> to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves and you know this is what this is about it's about honoring those who deserve honor and Brian is a man you know I've spoken to you Brian just in private, you know, just an honor of uh, the man that you are for our family, but I'm doing this publicly for the church, and just the man that he is, um, man full of character, full of boldness, full of love. He's a good shepherd, and he watches over the sheep, and he watches out for the wolves, and um, just so thankful for, for who you are. And I would say that of all the people on the earth that I have heard more messages from you than anyone. And I am blessed and I'm very thankful for that. So thank you. Thank you for all you do for us. And uh, thank you for being a father 
the spiritual father as well to to all of us here. And I just got one more scripture I want to read. And it says this. This is John 4, 23 and 24. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. For the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And this is a real theme at Victory, is that we worship the Lord. True worshipers worship the Lord, and this is our heart, that we worship him in spirit, and we worship him in truth as well. And, and Brian, you lead the way in that, and you lead the charge in that, of how you allow the presence of the Lord and you love the presence of the Lord and the Spirit of God and you allow him to have full reign and have do what he desires to, to do and um, so you worship in spirit and you lead the charge in that but you also worship in truth and you bring an awesome dynamic word just like tonight for all of us and we are so blessed by it and I know that's why many of you all are here because of um, spirit and truth. And um, so we love you tonight, and we thank you, and we say happy birthday to you. Amen. Amen. seated in heavenly places. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not sure uh, where Victoria went. Yes. I'm right here. Yeah, we both. Well, I'm on the stage. Oh. <laughs> Honey, she's not that short. Come on. Come on. She's, she's right there. Okay. You can stay there, I guess. Okay. Um. <laughs> That was awesome. I was going to have um, Josiah and Victoria come up with oh. us. Um, and just, I, oh. I wanted, and I wanted Mark and Kathy to come and just say a prayer over Brian for his 50th. You know, one thing that we, um, we do in our home is that come around every birthday, we try to um, anoint them with oil and pray over them for the upcoming year. So um, I just wanted to have them pray over Brian corporately. Just a blessing for his 50th, and not only for this year, <laughs> but also for this decade. So, um, Mark and Kathy, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I want to bless you tonight. I want to bless you tonight with the blessing of Abraham. Before I do that, I want to sing a song. Father Abraham had many sons, <laughs> many sons had Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you, so let's just praise the Lord, <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously, uh, the book of Galatians declares that because of what Jesus did, the blessing of Abraham is now yours. In that blessing of Abraham in Genesis 12, it says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. 
You are a blessing to so many. Your family, the Victory family, your national and international ministry. Tonight is our night to bless you. I pray abundance over your life in every area from the God who is more than enough. May he bless you with good health, strength, love, prosperity, favor, and may he smile upon you. May this be the best year you've ever had, filled with the goodness of God. We love you and bless you in the matchless name of Jesus. Our Father, we come before you tonight. Lord, I ask for the days ahead. Apostolic mantle that you've placed upon Brian. Father, would increase, Lord. Lord, that the influence of that mantle would raise a standard in this region, Lord God, and throughout the nation, Lord. As the words that he speaks go over the airwaves. Lord, I ask that your word in his mouth would give him a platform to speak into the nation. Lord, and the weight of that mantle would increase as he walks in the portion, Lord God, that you've already given him and is faithful to fulfill his calling, Lord God, that the influence and the weight of that mantle would only grow stronger Lord, for this is a day and a season in which we lack leadership in this nation, Lord. So I ask, Lord God, that you continue to bless him and raise him up as a leader. Lord, let him influence this region, Lord God. Let him be a tip of the spear, Lord God, to penetrate through the devices of the enemy. Lord God... We thank you for a leader in this time, Lord God. We thank you for boldness. We thank you for courage, Lord God. We thank you for a vessel through which your word can flow freely and impact this region, impact the state, impact the nation even, Lord God. Father God, we ask truly that this platform would grow in the coming season, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We ask that you continue to send people into this house. Let their lives be impacted, Lord God. Let them be placed, Lord, in the positions that you have for them, Lord God. As you would continue to release the word, we ask for a continued open heaven. We ask for increased visitation, Lord God, angelic ministry, Lord. Lord, we ask that their house be filled with the very atmosphere of the heavenly kingdom, Lord God. Lord, that there would be that open heaven, Lord God, that we would see into, Lord, your very council room in the coming season, Lord God, that you, he would be privy to have an ear and have an audience, Lord God, among those that walk in the courts of your war room and your council in the heavenlies, Lord God. 
Father God, we just ask that you would continue to honor your servant in the days ahead, Lord, and we thank you for him. We thank you for the gift he is to, not only to this house, Lord God, but to the region and to the nation. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I didn't write a State of the Union address. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you. Love you all. Um, let's receive the offering. Yeah. Everybody's saying, don't forget this. Father, we bless this offering. We bless the gifts. Lord, those that are giving online, even those around the country that are giving and sowing into this house. God, we're so humbled. Thank you. Father. Let miracles be released because of this offering tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ushers, go right ahead and ush. <laughs> Ushers are good at ushing. Oh, amen. That's a good choice, Cody. That's a good choice. Before we, before we go, we have cake. All, all jokes aside, <clears throat> beyond the Lord Jesus Christ, who is who's my entire life, he's, he is my whole world. <laughs> Jesus is the love of my life. He is my whole world. He truly is. But I have the greatest wife. And I'm so thankful for Bren. I'm so thankful for our son, Josiah, our daughter in love, Cecily. She's working tonight. But I'm so thankful for her. Victoria, you're definitely not last. I love our daughter with all of my heart. Victoria, just love you. Mom, I know you're watching tonight. I love you. I love Dad. Miss Dad. Love Joey. Love your family, Bren.
It's a wonderful life. It's true. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. The world, the world can be so ugly. But the kingdom of God is so beautiful. The world can be so ugly. But the kingdom of God is beautiful. Never lose the beauty of the kingdom and the people of the kingdom. We are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. We are. And I love that I'm part of the kingdom of God. I love the church. I love the local church. I love the people of God. I love that I've been called into the ministry. I love that I get to serve God's people. I know I didn't write a State of the Union, but here it comes. I don't know what's happening. I need more coffee. But it's true. It's true. I love the local church. I love the people of God. And I'm just so grateful that Jesus saved my family. I don't know where we would have been or where, what would have happened without Jesus. Because we were truly lost in a dark, dark place. But Jesus rescued and saved my family. And I want to tell, before we break and we go, I want to tell you, I don't know, I don't know everyone in here, but I want to tell you today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, to commit your life and your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Holy Spirit is summoning people all over the world. He is issuing the greatest altar call on planet Earth. There's people watching me. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know who all is watching me tonight, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is issuing the greatest altar call to the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Today is the day to give your life to Christ. And you can go straight to Him and commit your heart and your destiny and your soul to Him. Confess Him as Lord and King and Savior. I, com I just compel you to do that tonight. And if you do, you will be born again. Hallelujah. He's an awesome God. Anyway, church, I love you. We've went long. It's not midnight, but we went long. I mean, Shane preached, what'd you preach, an hour and a half last week? What in the world? I got, I got it. I, Shane brought a word last week. Come on. So I, so I got in my Jeep. I got in my Jeep, and it said an, an hour and 18 minutes. It's just for your message. And so I thought, man, I'm going to preach two hours at least tonight. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Guys, I love you. Let's go have some cake. Let's enjoy. And I want to thank you in advance for the cards, the letters. I love you all. Good night, everybody.